Let's live for him. Let's worship him. Isn't that the desire of our hearts? Shouldn't it be the desire of our hearts? Oh, we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for this evening. And I ask you to just bless those who are here and those who have not been able to make it this evening, Lord. Oh, I ask that your word goes out and that it touches and changes whatever needs to be changed within any one of us, Lord. I love you. We love you. In Jesus' name. This evening's message is called Conquering Vain Imaginations. Yay! <laughs> Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> Unfortunately, um, we're going to have to start. I'm going to back this up because I think I'm close to those speakers, maybe. Unfortunately, we're going to have to um, start by looking at the uglier side of others and the uglier side of ourselves. Uh, before we get into the good stuff, the conquering <clears throat> part of this message, we have to look at the vain imaginations. Vain imaginations are emotion-driven. They cause emotional turmoil because they're based in pride. Pride is always asking, what about me? Am I right? Our vain imaginations can also be based in fear. But it's not the fear that we usually think of. It's fear of releasing control. Fear of releasing our control. I know God is sovereign, but I don't trust him to take care of my everyday life. That's the kind of fear we're talking about. And people don't say it out loud, but that's really, if you get down to it, that's really what's going on. If we know that God is sovereign, and we know all of these wonderful things about God, why do we sometimes find it difficult to trust him in our everyday lives? Vain imaginations will come and they will take all of our thoughts captive. They'll take them captive, creating mental pictures, lots of mental pictures, creating scenes that unfold within your mind and play like a movie in your mind. And you'll watch that movie play out. And out of those vain imaginations, our thoughts begin to wander. I should have, if only. What if? I should have. We relive and we rewrite the scenes from our lives, from our past. We'll take what it, we, it will start recalling it and we'll twist it and we'll change it and we'll rewrite it in our minds. Oh, I should have walked away. I probably should have kept that job. in our minds. I should have really held on to that investment. I should have treated that person better. I think a lot of us have that one. The scenes of life, how things might have been different, begin to unfold. If only, 
students. Only I got paid a little more money. What if? Ah, what if those are fantasies of grandeur that we can have? Oh, how life would be so different if I were famous or a celebrity or if I came into a lot of money, how my life might be so different. But what ifs can also have a darker side, sides with jealousies or unwarranted suspicions. I know that that person over there wants to take advantage of me. What if my partner's being unfaithful? The thoughts play out in the mind and often cause unfounded suspicions, resentments, and anger and fear. Oh, let's not forget about fear. Fear can produce negative, horrible, and even tragic pictures to start forming in our minds. We hear about a plane crash that happened and we have a loved one who's getting ready to go somewhere on a plane and the fear starts. Or we hear about a terrible car crash or drive by a car crash on the road and we see that and, and, and it, it pre produces feelings inside of us because we know that we have others that are traveling on the road a lot. Or, or there, this pandemic, this pandemic that we have, our minds can go wild with the what ifs, the fears. We can come, become so overwhelmed and preoccupied with our vain imaginings that go on. Our imagination just could take us places that nobody should ever go. We should never go there. We shouldn't wish that anyone would go there. We want to control. That's part of the problem. We go there because we look at it and we know that we can't control it, but we want to control all things we cannot control and we fail to control the things that we can because that's the beauty of it. There are things that we can control. And that's where hopefully we'll get to in this message. That's where we want to focus our attention. Satan, let me tell you, he loves to take our thoughts. He loves to take every one of our thoughts and he wants to run with them. Our vain imaginations are his playground. He loves it when we get on any of these kicks. When we are occupied with the what ifs, the, the I could have, uh, I should have ha done this or I should have done that thought patterns, we become dissatisfied with our lives. And the stage is then set for us to run towards sin and away from God. Towards sin and away from God. If you'll notice, all of these vain imaginations that I've mentioned here so far, what we do is we put ourselves at the center of all of them. We're at the center of it. We're preoccupied with how we feel, what we might want, what we might desire, what could happen that's gonna affect us. We're at the center of them. We long for things. We long for possessions. More, more, more we ask for. 
or to have power or to improve our physical looks. Oh, we're preoccupied with all of that. Anything that's going to elevate us, anything that we feel is going to allow us to be elevated a little bit, those are the things we go seeking after. We rehearse our past encounters that we may have had. Especially the ones that didn't go our way. Hmm. I should have said this. If only I had done that instead. The scenes play out. Scenes where, interestingly enough, if we replay it and alter it, we're going to always come out to be the winner. That's how our imaginations run, our vain imaginations. We'll always be the winner somehow in there when we're dealing with other people. And let me tell you this. If any of us re re um, rehearse these scenes long enough in our mind, that's when temptation is going to come. And we might actually act on some of them, especially when we're talking about other people and what we might have said or should have said and could have said or could have done. We, we, we may go back and revisit that. But let me tell you this. When we do or if we do, if we choose to do that, and that temptation comes and we act on it, the results will never, ever, ever live up to our fantasies about it. They simply won't. Because they're not just fantasies, they're vain imaginations, and they're not from God. None of it is from God. James 1, 13 through 14 says, Let no one say when he's tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Vain imaginations begin from within us, from our desires, and can grow into temptation, and they can grow into sin. And Jesus stresses the importance of our imaginations. In Matthew 5, 27 through 28, he says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery in his heart. Men and women alike end, can, use, can, can end up sexually sinning by allowing vain imaginations to occupy their thoughts. That's where it usually starts. Fantasies. Don't we know, we should know, that pornography is a vain product of the imagination. Pornography becomes an addiction to so many because it succeeds in producing vain imaginations in the viewer. Images that they can linger on, images that can be replayed, be reproduced in the mind at a later time. Jesus warns us, he warns us to guard our hearts and to guard our minds. But instead, we even have video games that have captured the imagination of generations. Fantasies that seem more appealing 
than reality, and they desensitize the viewer. We wonder why our young people are suffering. We wonder why our young people are suffering from depression, from lack of motivation. We want to spend so much time, they want to spend so much time on the internet or on gaming. It's because real life seems unrewarding when you spend too much time in these vain imaginations, in these fantasies. Real life not only seems unrewarding, to some of them it becomes unrewarding. Entertainment, excitement, and power and fame, a life of ease. Our minds, our imaginations are being taken captive. But it's not by God that our minds are being taken captive. In all of that, in all of this that we do when we sit and do that, we're looking for something. We're looking for something, and as Christians, we know. But let me tell you, Christians get trapped up in all this stuff, too. As Christians, we know that it can't be found in vain imaginations, what we're looking for. Because we're looking, whoops, I double clicked. We're looking to feel secure. We're looking to feel content and to be happy. We're looking to have excitement and expectation in our lives. God wants us to have all of those things in our lives, but he wants us to have them in relationship with him, in obedience to him. And when we start to walk that out, that's when he delivers. But as long as we're doing this other stuff, as long as we're chasing after all of these other things, allowing these other things to enter in, we're robbing ourselves. We're robbing ourselves. How can we experience each day then with hopeful anticipation? God's joy and peace, how can we have peace of mind when our mind is controlling us and creating scenes that stir up all of our emotions? we have peace of mind? The answer is always the same, and it's the answer that God has given us. Live in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Walk in the Holy Spirit and have your mind renewed, for God is Spirit, and He was, is, and always will be the only answer. The only answer. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Renew your mind, and then you will be able, is what he's saying. When God says to meditate on the scriptures, That is what is meant. Renew your mind by thinking about what God says. By thinking about what God says. What does God say about himself? What does God say about the plans that he has included you in that are his plans? What does he say? Imagine these things, scenarios that reflect his provision, his assurance, his love, his peace, his comfort, his guidance, 
Imagine. Yes, imagine those things. Set your minds and your hearts on all of what God has promised you. What would happen if we honestly and truly would do that and believe it? How would our lives change? How would we be set free from so many things that Satan tries to tempt us with and draw us away from our Lord with? And that's why God gave us an imagination, to be able to grasp, even if it's just a tiny bit of who he is, to stretch us, to stretch our imaginations that he's given us so that we can com comprehend somewhat the magnitude of his ability and of his power. Not our magnitude, not our ability, not our power. He wants us to meditate and imagine him and how he's so willing to interact with us and take care of us and meet all of our needs, all of our needs. You'll never be able to give up your limited control, because it is limited, until you spend time with him. We all have to spend time with him. And it's in spending time with him that we begin to really understand and see more of who he is. He is all-knowing. He is all-seeing. He is all-powerful. That alone, meditate on that. That alone should be enough to occupy our thoughts and our minds if we just imagine any one of those three things that he is. He's also love. He loves us. And he has gone before us to prepare for us that which will extend all the way into eternity. And yet our vain imaginations try to limit his involvement in our everyday lives. God gave you an imagination, but don't allow the enemy to twist what God has meant for good. He didn't give you imagination that's a bad thing. It's a good thing. We've talked about spending time with the Lord and taking a closer look at ourselves through his eyes. But let's do it and get conformed to his likeness. Let's love him and love others in accordance with his word. Let's become God-focused. Let's become people-focused. We cannot behave just any old way that we want. And let's clear these things up with God, all of these vain imaginations. Let's recognize them, clear them up with God so that we can serve him as our Lord and as our King. So that we aren't so self-focused. If vain imaginations have become a stronghold, let's break through them. Let's clear these things out and destroy them. So now let's talk about what a stronghold is. And I'm going to ask you to use the imagination that God has given all of us as we talk about these strongholds. Stronghold in Webster's Dictionary is described a couple of ways. The first definition in, in Strong's about a stronghold, I mean in Webster's about concerning the stronghold, is a fortified place. So just imagine this with me. I want you to picture it in your mind. 
This is an image that I put up here that's actually showing you the layers of the walls that surrounded Jericho. So imagine with me in your mind the walls of Jericho, seemingly difficult, almost impossible to break through and to destroy. And we know, because we know that story, that those walls did not come down through the power of the people, nope. but rather through the people's submission and their obedience to God. Our power, like theirs, comes from submission and obedience to God. He will give us breakthroughs in our life. He will teach us how to combat vain imaginations. And not only that, he will be right there with us. Through it all, in it all. We sing the next song. Through it all, through it all, let our eyes be on him. He will be right there through us as we're in any battle, any battle we face in our life. And he's the one who will cause you to win that battle. The second definition that is used in Webster's is a place of security. So again, imagine with me a place of security, and it's great. It's so great when we can imagine that place of security, as we've read in the Psalms many times, that strong tower. We run into the strong tower, and that strong tower is our Lord, and we're there. And when we're in that tower, that strong tower, we're protected. Oh, that's so wonderful to imagine, right? But I want you to imagine something different when we think of this place of security. That in this case, this stronghold, this place of security is like a secure prison. Imagine with me. It's a secure prison and you are the prisoner. Satan has used your vain imaginations and he has you all securely locked up in them. How do you escape? How do you escape when you're drawn to the fantasy, to imagining it over and over, replaying it, allowing it to occupy your thoughts to the point that you feel that you can't even help it? can't even help it. And as I said earlier, maybe those things are sexual. Maybe it's drugs or alcohol. Maybe it's fears. Maybe it's anger or unforgiveness. Where scenes and conversations replay in your mind, vain imaginations creating a prison. But guess what? God says you can escape. You can escape if you want to. You can escape if you want to. And instead of being a captive, you can take all of your thoughts 
promises. You want power? God says you have divine power. You have divine power to demolish every stronghold, to pull down every vain imagination. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says, For though we walk in this flesh, we don't war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for the pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, having every thought brought into captivity and into obedience of Christ. Cast down, he tells us we can, cast down every high thing, every vain imagination, we must catch ourselves at the very start. That's where, where, what we have to do. We have to catch ourselves at the very start and cast it down. Stop it. When scenes of accident, harm, violence, death, don't manufacture disaster in your own life by allowing your imagination to run away with you. Ask God to show you how to rid yourself of the root. There's usually a root. Somewhere in there you were taught to behave this way or events happened in your life that caused you to feel this way. Ask God to expose those roots so that you can yank them up, pull them up, and throw them into the fire where they belong. It could be past events in your life. Pray for God to release you. Your safety is in him. Always in him. Remind yourself of that. Fear comes from the enemy when we're talking about this kind of thing. Our safety rests in our king. It rests in our God and in our God alone. He's our safe place. He is our safe place. It's his ability. So pray. It's his ability. So pray. So pray, so pray and ask him. God's your protector and the Holy Spirit will be a filter for you if you ask him to be. A filter that will be in front of you that filters every thought that comes into your mind. Filter it through the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Ask him to filter your thoughts. Do not allow your mind to go there. If you call on the Holy Spirit to be your filter, is he gonna answer that call? He will show you, he will show you how to immediately replace unwanted thoughts. So call on him, call on him when this stuff starts to happen to you. Let him be your first line of defense. We know that Philippians 4, 8 is a great verse. Most of us know it. But I like it. This up here is in the Amplified Bible. I like this version. I'm going to read it. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think continually 
on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. I love that ending. Think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. Turn everything over to God's control. We struggle with that. We still want to hang on to control. We give it to him, we take it back. We give it to him, we take it back. Turn it over to his control. Your thoughts are where everything begins. We have to remember that. Our thoughts is where everything begins. And this, like everything else in our walk, it's not a one-time thing. Our work with God is ongoing. Just like every breath we take is ongoing. Every beat of our heart, turning over control, fully surrendering to God starts with a decision, but it's ongoing. And like your salvation, it starts with a commitment. It's not just a one-time event, though, what we're talking about here. That event must be followed with a lifestyle. Every day we choose. So let's choose every day to put God first. Every day we choose to re relinquish control, to follow God and not run ahead of him. We decide every day that we will walk by faith and not by sight. Let us do these things. Decide every day we will walk by faith and not by sight. We acknowledge that we must worship him in spirit and in truth. Every day we acknowledge that we must worship him in spirit and in truth. We choose to forgive rather than replay hurtful scenes in our minds. So what else can we do? Because I don't want this to be all about vain imaginations. We've got to conquer these things. And I just mentioned a lot of ways we do begin that process of conquering this battle of the mind, this battle of our imaginations. But what else can we do? The scriptures tell us to renew the mind. You know these things, but I'm going to tell them to you anyway. Renew the mind. Set your mind on things above. Amen. For Christ is your life. Write down a favorite scripture and rehearse that scripture in your mind. Your mind can't do two things at once. It cannot do two things at once. Speak God's words to your mind his promises, meditate on them and allow yourself in that meditative time with God to be transported. You know, these other things will transport you if you don't rest your thoughts in God. Mm -hmm. Allow your mind to be transported by God Amen. into that place and into his presence. Amen. He will bring you as you meditate on his word yeah. right into his very presence. Imagine that. Meditate on that. And it is in communion with him that his kingdom begins to be revealed to us, that his kingdom begins to grow inside of us, that he elevates us and lifts, lifts us up. So focus your imagination on the promises of God. As Ephesians 3.20 says, he is able to do how much? Exceedingly abundantly, he is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine 
according to his power that is at work, he can do more than we can even imagine. So let's begin imagining that. What does God have for you? What does he have in store for your life? Let's ask him to show us that. Let's get rid of these vain imaginations that Satan comes and tries to destroy our walk with, tries to destroy our relationships with, tries to have us sink into deep despair of worry and of fears and of anxieties, of things that are ridiculous that should never be occupying our mind. Let's focus on our king. Let's give him back every bit of our imagination that he blessed us with. And when we're asking him and imagining him to renew our minds, let's make sure that we don't spend all of our time just focusing on all of the stuff that's about ourselves. When we ask, we need to remember that he can do immeasurably more for others too. For others too. So let's use our imagination to reach out and begin meeting the needs of others in our prayer life as well. So let's pray. And if anyone wants to come down here, please do. But the vain imaginations, they need to be gone in Jesus' name. So let's just lift it up to him. I mean, I'm not saying that people, especially here, have all of these. But you've experienced them at some point in your life, and you experience some of them from time to time. Because the enemy is out there, and he wants to tear us away. So let's pray, and let's commit our walks afresh to our King. Okay, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that you've given us imaginations, and we ask your forgiveness, Lord, for letting our imaginations run towards things that are vain, things that have nothing to do with you, things that ignore your promises, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to set our minds and our hearts and our imaginations on you. Let us walk out of this place today with new 